Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name today. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name today. And I keep seeing, saying Jesus' name because it's name above all names. Father, that everything that we have comes because of your son, Jesus, and what he did for us on the cross. The, the salvation that we celebrate today, Father, the, the, the glories that we're shouting out today are all because of your son, Jesus, and you and your Holy Spirit. Father, the healing that we're crying out for, the deliverance that that we're praying for today. Father, uh, the peace, Father, that we're asking for today again comes only through the blood your son Jesus Christ and is given to us freely by the Father. And so, Father, today as we are praying today, Father, I just believe for, for complete healing, Lord. Father, complete healing, in Jesus' name. Father, that you're always with us. You never leave us or forsake us. And Father, we stand in your healing today. As your word says, by your stripes, we are healed. And Father, we step out even further, Lord, and walk in your peace today, Lord. Father, we thank you for the, the peace, Lord, that you're giving us today. Father, let your peace come upon my brother. That peace that passes all understanding, Lord. And Father, let him know that you are God and you are in control and you are looking out for him. And we give you glory, honor, and praise for that today. But Father, today as we thank you and give you praise, Lord, man, you're so awesome. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us in the house. Father, thank you for touching our lives. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Father, I just can't get it over it. I studied the other day in John where it talked about that and just your ministry you did through the disciples through the, the book of John 14 and on. Father, you came. You came after us through your son, Jesus Christ. And you washed our feet. How can we say you hate us? How can we say you curse us? How can we say that that you don't love us? And Father, you came through your son and sat down with us and had supper because you loved us. And Father, you're real and alive and we thank you for your presence that's came after each one here today in this house, that how that you do want to be at the center of our lives and the center of all that we're doing to build your kingdom. And Father, you do hear and answer our prayers. And we thank you for that today. But Father, we thank you for your sweet spirit that's in this house today. And again, it's your love that just flows from our spirits onto each other and from your your Holy Spirit through all of us, Lord, today. And we thank you for that. Father, as we break and open your word, Lord, let us learn a little bit more about your love. Father, let us learn a little bit more about you. But Father, be in everything that we do today. And Father, we do thank you for all these babies in here today. Father, I thank you for for Andrew and Cassidy and Landon and and Taylor and their babies, Lord. And Father, all the new babies that I shouldn't have started that because all these little blessings and parents that you've blessed us with, we thank you for that today. Father, we thank you for the babies that are on the way. And Father, how you got that in the palm of your hand too. And Father, we're celebrating some of those today, but Father, thank you for loving on us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I should never start calling out names because I didn't scam the crowd to see everybody here, but it was good to see my friends in the back. God bless you. And and it's always awesome to see the Lord move upon us. 
Our New Year's resolution, our New Year's resolution for 2023 was, can anybody tell me? Hey, we're doing better. Is it Okay, on three, what's our New Year's resolution? Let me hear it. One, two, three. All right, better, better. I feel better. You're listening. Thank you for that behind me though, right? But, but God has called us to remain in him. And, and I think to do that, that, that we need to be a people of prayer. And, and again, how can you know somebody? How can you trust somebody unless you're communicating with them? And in our case, with Christ in prayer. And, and Father, uh, we need prayer. We need prayer in our life. Help us to see how important that is. Last week, Brother Jim preached on praying and listen. He talked on pray, listen, and receive. I guess that was two weeks ago. He prayed on pray, listen, receive, and do. And I remind you today of those things, but, but we must also journal. And I think it is so important to write down those markers on what God is doing. You'll see God moving in your life like you never have before when you start journaling those things. Again, something that you journaled last year that, that was devastating to you and you get in your journal for this year and you forgot about it already. And you really forgot to even give God glory for getting you from that point to this point. But God is moving tremendously in our lives and, and we need to recognize that. Again, by prayer, listening and receiving and doing and journaling what God is telling us. I was blessed by Jeremy the other day because it, it really hit me. Because as a pastor, you can get so busy. Uh, Jeremy preached Wednesday night, Super Wednesday. Jeremy, wave, give a wave over here. And he did a great job. And guys, if you're not coming out to Wednesday nights, I challenge you to do that. Pretty awesome. But he gave a good word on the, that we need to go. That's our mission statement. But a lot of times, like me, I get to going ahead of God instead of behind God. And that's what he talked about, that that we do need to go, but we need to go to God first, meaning stay in the city, remain in the city until you've received what? Power from on high. So we need to pray. We need to remain with Christ before we go and move out into different areas of our lives. And then he talked about go pray without ceasing, and then again, go with God. And that when we do these things, when, when we know God and we're seeking God and we're praying God and God's in front of us and not behind us, we're going to see that God accomplishes and confirms things in our lives. We see that in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, when God calls us to go save disciples sin. That's our mission statement. But you jump to verse 20 at the end of the chapter and it talks about after they were faithful to God by keeping them ahead of keeping God ahead of them through prayer and they went out preaching and everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs God's going to confirm his message in you are you listening are you even praying are you even seeking him in your lives today well today I want to read from uh, Matthew chapter 4 uh, verses <laughs> uh, Matthew 4 verses 1 through 11 I think I actually flipped the fly uh, it was flying around up here and it's getting on my screen and I flipped I think I hit it that's pretty cool <laughs> I'm easily entertained guys uh, I really am I'm easily entertained you know I'm the kind of guy Lori that, that you can just wear an old shirt you know and just put a jacket on you're going to look good and, and, and so anyhow just, just, say, just saying well, me and Lori were going at each other before church today, having fun. Guys, church is fun, right? Amen. At least our church is. I, I look forward to coming and seeing most of you. But it, it's a good time. But again, Matthew 4, 1. And guys, this is what's so awesome. This is so awesome. Who's baby we carrying around in the middle that's driving me crazy? Oh, okay. I should. I didn't see you guys, but I keep seeing the baby there. And I thought maybe you and Todd had another baby and didn't tell us, you know. But but I was like, whose baby's that? You know, uh, guys, crying babies 
don't bother me. So those crying over here, that doesn't bother me when I said that. I love seeing babies in here. Now, you get crying babies that are Joe's age, I got a problem with that. <laughs> you know, so I don't like old crying babies, but I am okay with young crying babies. But Jesus here in Matthew 4, 1 You know, guys, we brush over scripture so much and we just need to grab this passage this week and just sit down and and listen to the Lord and receive and do what he speaks to us. But, but again, in Matthew 4, 1, and you can read the same account in Luke 4 also, but Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, the reason I stop here, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, fasting is praying and giving up everything in prayer for God. So it's intense prayer. And you've got to be called by the Holy Spirit, I think, to fast and pray. A lot of us say we're fasting. A lot of times I'll say, did the Holy Spirit call you to that fast? Because when you fast, you're... The, the Spirit is calling you into something for a reason, and you're giving up these things to accomplish this in prayer. And so anyway, that's where Jesus was at. And, and again, after 40 days and 40 nights of prayer, giving up everything around him and just focusing in on God and listening and receiving, uh, the tempter came. That tempter is the devil, the enemy, and it came to, the Satan came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So you can see in prayer here, Jesus gets the power to come against the enemy. Then the devil took him, verse 5, to the holy city and sat set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And so again here, Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not put the Lord God to your test. So when you're in prayers, a lot of times, how many of you have been trying to pray for something? And you hear both sides of the story. People use the scripture for this side. People use the scripture for that side. To be honest with you, I hear it on everything. I've heard it on homosexuality. I've heard people use scripture to, to condone it. And I've heard people use scripture to condemn it. We need to know our word. We need to know the scriptures inside out because... If we don't pray and seek God like Jesus did and really understand his word, we can get caught in there as well. We can get caught up in interpretation of scripture because we don't seek God to know exactly what God's trying to say. And thus people are confused. Are you confused today over scripture? Then I say pray because God's going to give you a word just like Satan did here. He used the scripture to make a point. Jesus said, buddy, you get it all wrong. The scripture says, hey, don't tempt the Lord your God. Don't put him to a test. We can be that close to God and know the answer for our prayer. You don't have to go ask your dad anymore. I love my dad and he's full of wisdom and I'll probably get his advice. You know, I used to take things to Jim and dad all the time that were church concerns that were big and, and dad finally, or the Lord finally told me, God the Father finally told me, is you get an answer from me before you go get their advice. Let them confirm it. God can speak to you directly today, but are you taking time to pray? Are you taking time to seek him and like Jesus did and, and to get alone and to put everything up? I found out yesterday there is a mode on your phone that do not disturb. And you can also put in there exactly what you're doing. I'm praying, leave me alone. Let's take that time and get away with the Lord. And again, the devil took him, verse 8, to a very high place, high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world 
and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall not worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And that's even more powerful that we're in intense battle and we stay close to the Lord and we honor the Lord and we do what the Lord tells us. Again, it may be a difficult time. It may be a difficult week. It may be a difficult 40 days in Jesus' case. It may be uh, total hell for six months, total hell for a year, maybe even 20 years, but God's going to come through and he's going to attend you all the way through. He's going to minister to you all the way through. But I hear it, and this is the title of the sermon today, is I hear this all the time, slide five, why aren't my prayers being answered? I get this a lot. I wrote this sermon a couple of weeks ago, actually a long, probably longer than that because I've got that from this body in Carthage. Probably the most asked questions is why aren't our prayers getting answered? My response And again, I think I'm going to spend a few weeks on that, but today is, my response is confidence. Some may call that faith, but but bear with me on confidence for a while. But, But I believe we lack confidence in God, and as a result of that, we are not confident in who we are in Christ. And that's why I push prayer. Because how can you know who you are in Christ unless you're confident in God through prayer and reading his word? You see, Christ gained confidence in Matthew 4 after he fasted and and was praying 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus was confident in God and defeated Satan. Satan's attack, I guarantee you, nobody's been that bluntly attacked by Satan as Jesus did three times. But Jesus walked in confidence because he knew who he was. He was the son of God. And he knew that because God kept confirming it to him over and over in scripture and prayer. He knew who he was. And it's the same for us as believers today. Are we confident And who we are in Jesus Christ. Do we know who we are? Because Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We should go to God's throne with confidence. Remember, God came after us through his son, Jesus Christ. Because he loved us, that ought to give us confidence. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That ought to give us confidence today. You see, unbelief and and, and not praying and not seeking God, not coming to church, be honest with you, not reading your word, it it just builds unbelief. I believe unbelief comes from lack of prayer. I believe unbelief is a hindrance to our confidence. And I want you to turn to Matthew 13, uh, 54 through 58. And, And Jesus, really the only place that Jesus couldn't do a lot of things was in his home hometown. When he went back to where he grew up, and it was all because of unbelief. Matthew 13, 54. And again, Jesus uh, coming to his hometown, he taught them in the synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Now, guys, if you go over to Luke chapter four, right after the the tempting, it goes into Jesus going into the synagogue and opening up the scroll and reading from Isaiah The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And then blah, 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 blah. That's what they were referring to in Matthew. Because that happened to his hometown. In his own town, he got up in front of everybody and said, God has called me. I have been anointed. And then then again, that's powerful to me. In his hometown where people knew him more than anybody, 
He was so close to God after being in prayer that he got up knowing that they would not believe him, that they would not give a hoot about him. That's when he received his calling or told people about his calling that he received. And then they said, is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not his mother? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all of his sisters with us today? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. You take offense at Jesus. That's why your prayers aren't answered. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of unbelief. So if we're going to college or we're going everywhere around us, it's telling us, you know, you can believe there's many ways to heaven. You know, Jesus isn't more important than any other person. And you hear this all the time and you're not getting prayer in there, time in there and your word and all this, then you don't realize who Jesus is sometimes. You know, do we look at Jesus, oh, he's just a carpenter's son? Or do we look at Jesus and say, no, he was the son of God? Do you guys realize when they said he was a carpenter's son, they are taking away the, 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 the glory of God from the, the situation? Because Jesus was born of God in the virgin birth? That's happening today in our society. I've heard that in seminaries, Christian seminaries. Is Jesus just a carpenter's son, meaning fully human? Or is Jesus the son of God, meaning fully God? The only way you're going to get that is through prayer. So how can we trust and and figure this out again? It's through prayer. But Jesus then in Matthew 17, 19, if you want to turn there, Jesus teaches them the answer. He, he shows them the confidence. And again, it's prayer. But again, Matthew 17, 19, then the disciples came to him. They were, uh, Jesus had given them the authority and they were going out and they were, they were supposed to be casting demons out and setting people free and, and just doing what God's called us to do. And they couldn't deliver one demon-possessed boy. So the disciples came to Jesus privately and said to him, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said in verse 20, he said to them, because of your little faith. Well, if you go read the the same um, story in Mark, from Mark's perspective, the other disciple there, Mark says in 917, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer prayer are we confident on who we are in Jesus Christ because if you go back to Matthew 17 20 Jesus says for truly I say to you if you have faith again confidence like a grain of mustard seed you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So if we can get away from unbelief, meaning Jesus is just human, he can't do any more than me, and move to Jesus is the son of God and he can move mountains. You get there through prayer. You get there through reading the word. You get there through spending time. They came over unbelief by doing these things. And I can attest to that, that, that when I got my head on, I drove to Bible college in, in I think a month and a half. I raised the money, went to Bible college by faith, uh, uh, quit drinking the month before, quit doing all the horrible things I was doing the month before, and walked into Bible, study, or Bible school, and, and it changed my life. And I always say Bible school changed my life when really Jesus changed my life. But what they did at this Bible school I went to is every class started with prayer, 
by a devotion from the Bible and ended in prayer. Every class. Those that go to college, think about that. If you went, every college class you went to, if you opened with prayer, had a short devotion and prayed for any prayer needs at the beginning of that class, just think about that. Most classes were about the Bible because, again, I was going to to learn more about the Lord. But you could take secular classes, but still, every class was led with prayer, devotion, and ended in prayer. Monday through Friday, mandatory chapels were at 1030. Mandatory. You could miss three, and if you miss three, then, then it started hitting your grades. Mandatory Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night church. You could miss so many, but again, it affected your grade. You say, oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. That changed my life because it made me get into the presence of God. I'll never forget the first tongue and interpretation I ever heard. I was doubting that part of things. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in born again. I believe in baptism, but this Holy Spirit I believe in, but this tongues thing, 7,000 people in an auditorium. Everybody's singing at the top of their lungs. And all of a sudden, you hear the crowd begin to go to a quiet because a guy on the west side of the church was given a tongue and they yielded to the spirit. And this tongue goes up and the crowd is silenced. 7,000 people without people. Hey, guys, be quiet. Hush, hush, hush. We got a tongue interpretation. Hush, hush, hush. No, the spirit settled them. Never forget it. I'm sitting here praying, and God, is this live? Is this real? And the Lord says, stand up and read Psalms, whatever it was. My old stomach started pounding. My heart started beating. My nerves started rocking. Father, I'm not even sure about this, and you tell me to get up and read the Scripture? Is it biblically correct that that a tongue interpretation can be from the Scripture? And all these thoughts were going through my mind. I just kept saying, get up and read that Scripture. That's my word to the people today. Get up and read the scripture. And I wouldn't do it. I actually, tears running down my face because I knew God was speaking to me, did not obey and, and, and said, Lord, I can't do it. And immediately on the east side of the church, somebody stood up and read the scripture that was in front of me. Powerful time. I will never doubt, never doubt that tongues and interpretations shouldn't be a part of a church service. But until you spend time with the Lord, until you listen and get to know him, you may not agree with me on that. But putting that intense time in to the service and the ministry of Jesus Christ changed my life. Evangelism was required. I didn't have to go around and beg people to do something in the church. It was required. I had to do a practicum that was evangelism directed or I was failed. Think about that. You're going to nursing school and if you don't do a ministry in evangelism, you're failed. You agree to that before you go in. My first evangelism outreach was sports evangelism. Oh man, awesome time. Got to minister, Bob or uh, Mike Barber, Denver Broncos tied in, uh, boxers in the prisons, and, the, and it grew into, I had a heart for prison ministry, and then I ended up in prison ministry the whole time I was there, ministering in the prisons. You want to go to a tough place to minister, go to the prisons. But I saw hundreds of people delivered, healed, set free, I've even been out in prayer in the spirit for eight to 10 t- hours at a time. And you say, oh, that's, that's baloney. That's baloney. How can you be knocked out in the spirit for eight or 10 hours? You'll never know until you spill time with the Lord. Amen. But you can. <laughs> We're going to have to go to week two because I'm just getting into the points of the service. But to, to, for our prayers to be answered... And we'll just go until a little bit more. But we need to do, I think I wrote down five things. But we need to guard our thoughts. 
in our minds. A lot of us can't receive prayer because we don't guard our minds and the unbelief builds up in there and we don't believe God can handle our problem. And so 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and again, point one, things that will help us help our prayers to be answered is you've got to guard your mind, number one. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Guys, what we think, we become. This is a quote from... um, um, Let me think here a minute. Kenneth uh, Hagin. Our thoughts are governed by observation, association, and teaching. Observation is things that we observe. Uh, One that I think that came to my mind, uh, the things we observe can have a positive or negative effect on our prayer life. When I think about that TV Very little I watch on TV probably has a positive effect on me. And you say, well, pastor, you always say you always watch sports. Well, I do a lot of times, but I watch other things too. But but sports, even the commercials, have a negative effect. You ought to watch the commercials. Horrible. There's a message behind them. If you don't believe in me, if you're believing for healing, don't watch TV. Because I was believing for healing on a certain thing a couple years ago, it seemed like every commercial was talking about what I was believing for healing over. And it said, take this drug or you're going to die. If you got these symptoms, you're going to die if you don't take my drug. It lets unbelief in there. And you're saying, oh, you're being peddly now. Or pity, pity, pity. That's peddly, pastor. I'm not saying the right word. What's the word I'm wanting? Is that right? Petty, thank you. I was trying to take two words and make them one. That's a scholar in me. <laughs> That's funny if you think about it. It's about last of their own jokes are bad. So, yeah. But most TV is promoting sexual immorality, alcohol, the language, guys. If, uh, this, something that's drawn my attention is this F-bomb thing. I think the world's trying to teach us uh, how to say the F-word when I was in college, if you go back in the dictionary, when I was a kid, there's very little said about the F word. Now you look up the F word now, it's a page on descriptions on how you can use the F word. It's scary. They're teaching us how to cuss on TV the right way. Karen and I went to Otto the other night, and I don't know if I said that right, but... Uh, but to be honest with you, it was a great movie. But out of the blue, the little girl says, GD. And I thought, why did they add that in? Why did they do that? Because they want you to say GD. I don't know. Why do they do that? But what probably bothered me the most is that show was really funny. They laughed about the kid using the Lord's name in vain in the crowd more than anything. They just roared over that. And I thought... Boy, I hope our kids don't observe from us that we think it's cute when they sin. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking too much. But but we do have an effect on those around us, and things around us does have an effect on us. I went to, where'd we go yesterday, Karen? I always say it wrong. Where'd we go yesterday? Dr. J's? Lucky J's. Okay, that's two different things. We went to Lucky Jay's Arena. I was the only guy there. I observed this. Well, me and another guy that didn't have cowboy hats on, cowboy belts, boots, and spurs. I observed that. I was out of place. I observed that. Why did I say all that? But I observed it. Okay. And then uh, uh, Brother Wolf come up, which I appreciated because... I noticed Brother Wolf because he didn't have a hat on and he looked like me. And so we talked in there. Then his dad came up and I was like, oh, this is such a relief because I'm not like everybody else around here and I felt awkward. You see, we absor- observe these things. Think about what I'm saying today. I'll let the Lord fill in the lines. But this morning when I come in and Asher, come, they always come in and try to scare me, Asher and, and Dalton. 
and Jim blew their cover today. And, and anyway, finally, we talked a little bit. And Asher, I looked at him and said, well, how's your day? And he goes, mm-hmm. I couldn't understand him. And I go, what? Mm-hmm. And finally, I asked his dad what he said later on. He's upset because you wear a cowboy hat, you wear a cowboy boots, and you wear a cowboy belt. Those three things go together. He's observed that. And they wouldn't let him wear his, church, his hat in church. So he was sad. You can laugh at that. It's funny. But, but he, we teach our kids things, and I'm not, that's not bad. But, but what are they observing from us? Huh? Yeah. That's him, he, but he's observed that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm not, don't, don't take offense to me. Don't take offense because I'm just saying that kids are watching us. Uh, Joshua loves football. He's observed that I love football and, and just different things. But my point is here today, what are we observing in our lives because we try to become that? And if we're not observing Christ and doing what Christ has called us to do through prayer, word, and all these things, then there we are. You know, I think about college professors that, that most colleges have a negative effect on believers. Uh, I, I had lunch with a, a, a person the other day that was in college that I couldn't believe how they've come from here to here in their belief because they've observed what the professors told them. So, you know, then you get into phones and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. Do they have a positive impact on your relationship with Jesus Christ? Does it help you pray better? Does it help you read your word better? Does it help you live for Christ better? That's the things we need to be focused on. But remove the negative influences from our lives and and again, guys, we saw, and I told you about the Bible college example, but, but one camp with our youth that's coming up this year from 6th grade to 12th grade, that's what we try to do. And, and we see it change these kids' lives just by taking a day of week just to observe and look on God all day for eight hours. And we see it change their lives. We're going on a mission trip, and, and these six guys, Jeremy, Gary, Keith, um, uh, myself, Joshua, and Rustin. Am I missing anybody? But, but you've been on mission trips before and you come back and say, oh, how God moves. Why? Because we've went into full observe mode of God. Meaning we did a devotion in the morning, meaning we prayed, meaning we're looking for somebody to minister to, meaning we're looking for God to protect us, meaning we're totally dependent on you, God. Thus, things change in their life. Guys, we think we don't need God in America. And you go to Liberia, they probably think that. They think we got it made. If only I could be like an American. They don't need doctors. They don't need this. They don't need that. They've got it all. And I'm thinking, you guys are better off than us as Americans because we don't depend on God like you do. You know, the sermon the Lord's putting on my heart for Liberia is silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have is Jesus. Because everybody in the third world countries just consumed with this idea that money's going to make you happy. And I'm here to tell you it doesn't. It doesn't. I've made big money. I've made real big money. And if I'd have retired or stayed with it, I'd have retired at 50, a millionaire. But I wasn't happy. Point two. Is ask. And I'm going to close with this one. I've got a bunch more. But I don't want to lose you because I know we get to thinking all this other stuff's going on, and so we kind of drift if I get past 11 too much. But ask, point two, 
What do you want from God? Have you ever thought about that? What do you want from God? Jesus said, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. That's what I've talked about. No unbelief. Well, then when you get to praying and seeking God, and you're intentional with that, you're going to start hearing how God wants you to pray, and then you're going to see that, hey, wow, God does answer prayer. Matthew 6, 7 says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. I ministered to that one because I quit that one evangelism outreach because they asked me to pray all the time, and I didn't pray five-minute prayers. My prayers were this long, one-and-done type thing. And it embarrassed me because it wasn't the normal. So I quit the ministry and, and the a couple months later, the head of the ministry come back and said, why did you quit coming? And I said, because you asked me to pray every week and I don't pray good. And he said, I ask you to pray because you're intentional and you hit the throne. God doesn't want this drawn out prayer. He wants your heart. Two to three minutes of intentional prayer is more effective than hours of empty prayer. If you can't remember what you prayed yesterday, then you probably weren't very intentional. What did you pray yesterday? Can you remember? Did you give God glory? The reason we need to be intentional, I'm going to pick on the Mayberries today. Is Rigdon in here? He's in class, right? But we got the picture up behind me. Ask what do you want God from God? The Lord told me to go buy Rigdon a popsicle the day he had his tonsils out. And so I went into Walmart and with the intention of getting popsicles. And I go in there and I'm shopping around and I see my grapes. Oh, I got to have my grapes. They had the big fat ones in there that day. They haven't been good lately. So I got my grapes. And then I thought, I got to have my cheese balls. And so I went and got my cheese balls. And then I thought, oh, I need some iced tea. And, and guess what? I checked out of Walmart without the popsicles. And I think that's what we do when we go into prayer. We get to thinking the things that, the cushy things, I need the cheese balls. I need some iced tea. I need this instead of being intentional for why you went into prayer to begin with. What did God call you to prayer about? Who did God call you to prayer about? And we miss the boat because we get focused on all the needy things, the cushy things that we want to make our life more pleasant instead of what God has called us to pray about. So needless to say, I went back in there I had to make another trip back into Walmart just to buy the popsicle. So maybe our prayers aren't answered because we're not focused on praying, listening, receiving, and doing. But Rigdon was confident in what he asked for. When I did finally make it out to their house that evening... Uh, I knocked on the door and knocked on the door thinking that they're probably asleep, probably shouldn't be bothering them. And guess who answers the door? Rigdon does. To the point that he's so excited and he's so bubbly and he's so happy that I'm thinking I have the wrong day. He hadn't had this yet. No way he could have had his tonsils out. About then mom comes around and, and I think trying to keep up with him. And I said, did he just have surgery today? Yeah, he did. And he was wanting to play football. The only thing I can dig on Rigdon that day is his choices in football teams. <laughs> he had to be delusional because he had a Buffalo Bill hat on. Come on, Buffalo Bills. And he had cowboy socks on and I think gloves. So he had to be a little delusional because he wasn't wearing any purple. But yet he believed in what he was asking for. And he received it. If we could just have faith as a mustard seed, God would move mountains in our lives. 
So I'm going to stop there today. It's 11 o'clock. The next point, and I'll, I'll probably continue on next week, is praying according to God's word. And then next week will be really hitting that belief thing some more. Uh, and not unbelief, that's what we kind of hit today, but number four, believe. Ask God for the things you want and believe that you have them. We're going to focus on that a little bit. But, but guys, the Lord really, this is why I don't want to stop today. The Lord really burned this one on me. But a lot of people are afraid of death because they don't know God. Because they don't believe. A lot of us are shook in our prayer life is, is because of fear and unbelief. And we'll hit that a little bit. And, and then um, number five is let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you ask for. Number um, six is continually thank God for answered prayer. In other words, praise his name, praise his name. And then seven, and this one here, the Lord's burning on me, is, is, is your prayer should be your faith statement. Make every prayer a statement of faith. And Toddy, what you sent me the other day, I think really fits in there. And, and I think it's another level of, of where God's trying to take us as believers today. But we're going to spend some time on this. But, but if the praise team would come forward today, I want you just to think on these things today. Just think on the things that we talked about today and, and how has God ministered and, and spoke to your life as we were just talking today. And, and that's the spirit talking to you. So what have you been nudged in your spirit? It may be, hey, what this guy's saying is true. Maybe you ought to get saved today. You've never accepted Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, and the Spirit is saying, hey, what he's saying is true. You need to get saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him should not perish, should have eternal life. God came for me. The God that created the heavens and the earth, everything that we know came in human form in his son Jesus for me. He's not condemning me. He, he don't think I'm bad. He, he don't think I'm a punk. He came for me. Maybe that's you today that just need to say, God, I, I received that. And you receive salvation. Or maybe you're a believer that's struggling with your faith. You know that first song you sang today, Joel, that, that God's mercy. Ah, oh, God's mercy. A lot of you don't pray because you don't think you're good enough to pray. That's unbelief. Because God has made you holy. And you can go to the throne of God with power and authority. We just can't get that, that God has made us white as snow and that we can ask according to God's will and it'll be done. But today, maybe we just need to guard our mind a little more. That's one point we got across today. We need to guard our minds because this world and the enemy, guys, they're trying to steal, kill, and destroy they're polluting this world, guys. Uh, we just can't get over that. That just the even in the rated G movies, guys, they're pushing homosexuality. They're comparing homosexuality with with uh, minorities. Guys, it's not true. And they're teaching our kids to to just give into this. And just say, I'm sorry for treating you that way. And, and I'm going to give you more because of my failures. That's what the world's trying to tell us. When guys, if we don't minister to the homosexual, they're in danger of hell's fire just like I was. And if we take that out of our vocabulary, they have no hope. Just think of somebody that's told by a believer that that's not wrong. the Holy Spirit's going to have to really minister to them and convince them otherwise. But what if we allowed ourselves to be branded with? Some of us won't wear any clothes unless they're Nike. 
Are we branded with Jesus? Is he that faith statement? That's what I'm talking about. In our life, should our prayer should be a faith statement. Am I branded with Jesus? And boy, if you're like me, I got a lot I need to work on. My prayer to God today is I'm not worthy to get in front of them. I've got so much to work on in my own life because as I look and see, I don't like what I see. I just want to be like him. But then his peace and mercy comes in. He said, I called you, brother. Called you, son. He's called us to proclaim the message. And so even me, I've got to work on that. God has made me righteousness. And I can go to his throne with great boldness. Guys, we make mistakes. But his mercy is lasting forever. He's thrown our sins, our past, our present, our future sins as far as the east from the west. But when you fall in love with him and you'll start feeling like me sometime, God, I, I know I've got some things I need to work on. And Jesus says to us through the Apostle John in 1 John 1, 9, but if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and deliver you from all unrighteousness. So when God shows us things, and he will continue to do that, that that makes you feel like, oh, I'm not where I need to be. We'll say, thank you for showing me that, Lord. And Father, thank you for helping me through that. And Father, thank you for that deliverance in Jesus' name. And then go preach the gospel. Stand to your feet today. Where are you at in God? You know, only you know. And the Spirit's speaking to you today. and, And guys, the... The part of prayer today is that we've been in prayer and worship today, but part of that is receiving, listening. I want you to come to these altars today and receive what the Lord's given you today. What's he told you today? Just receive it. How many receive it? Just raise your hand today. I receive what the Lord spoke to me. You don't have to look around and see if your neighbor received it because your neighbor's not the one taking you to heaven. You just use between you and God. But Father, I do receive what you spoke to me even, Lord. And Father, help me, help us, Lord, to walk in you. And Father, we come to these altars today to just bear ourselves before you and just say, here we are, Lord, and we know you'll speak to our situation. So please come today. These altars are open. If you need salvation, come to Joe or I. If you just need prayer about anything, come. But if you want to just get alone with God, come pray. Praise team.